0: All right, welcome all to Midlife Mastery. And of course, this is Brock Edwards. On today's episode, we are going to be learning from our guest, John McDonald, the importance on focusing on what you can control and how to do it, using your comfort zone as a guide. And I love that aspect because so often we just think of a comfort zone maybe as our enemy versus a tool that we can use to get even better and how to use small experiments to continually improve over time. Also, we'll be talking about changing your mindset to change your life. So those are big topics, and we cover them pretty quickly. There's lots more in this conversation. So if you're ready to change your midlife, man, let's get started on this. Now, I don't know if you've caught the past few episodes, but we had Gail Gensler talking about defying midlife stereotypes. And Gail is amazing. She's a 60-year-old fitness enthusiast and lifestyle influencer just living full out. I mean, I dare you to keep up with her. Before that, we had Joe Miller talking about becoming a woman of influence. Now, Joe is a woman's leadership expert. She's an author, and she shares what she learned from both of her parents undertaking huge career changes in their early 50s and how she's applied some of that knowledge to her own life. We also talk about uh, the episode before that one, updates and setbacks on my journey to getting fit after 50. So it is not just a linear straight line success. There have been setbacks and uh, you can probably relate to them. And so talk a bit about those. And of course, if you're enjoying the podcast, I, I ask that you do a favor and just leave a review even just a, a few simple words around what is it that you enjoy about listening to the podcast? What was your favorite cast? What was your favorite topic? Those sorts of things. It does a couple things. One, it lets me know what you're getting out of the podcast so I can deliver more of that. And two, just the way internet algorithms work, it helps other people in midlife looking to improve, discover the podcast and benefit from it as well. So you can leave a review on you know whatever podcast's, Site you listen to them on whatever app, uh, or you can use a site called lovethepodcast forward slash midlifemastery, and it'll give you several options. So it's a quick, easy way to do it. I really appreciate it. And now let's get started. All right, so today's guest we have John McDonald, otherwise known as John Mac online, and so so John, you're a software developer, team leader, coach, beginner. I stole all that straight off your Instagram page. So easy to describe you there. You've already described yourself that way, Uh, but you take it further. You talk about uh, mind, body, and soul elevation, as well as training for life. That covers a lot of ground there. So how do you introduce yourself to people?
1: Yeah, that's well. First of all, it's a great question, and 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 thank you for that. I, ha- I the, so those your description was was correct. I mean, that's a lot of what I I tell people. But you know, there's there's a lot of context associated with when you how do you introduce yourself, right? So yeah, I mean, I have sort of a day job, right? And and I'm in the tech industry. I'm a software developer. I I lead a global team of software developers. Been doing that for a long time. But I also have done many things on the side, business wise, and 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 content creation wise i'm a writer and i'm a volunteer at in various organizations i coach i coach sort of both professionally people professionally and i also you know coach kids in sports and so kind of a coach all over the place and and you mentioned the word that i like to use and and that's beginner because i always for me for me i love to just remind myself that you need to be a beginner right and especially at this time in our in our in our life i'm i'm 51 you know i need to continue to embrace the beginner mindset right the beginner mindset so that's really you know when when i introduce myself that's kind of how i introduce myself right so
0: well i love that thought of a beginner because it seems like at this stage of life to broadly and crudely divide people up into two groups and i hate only doing two groups. Uh, I don't think the world's binary. I think, you know, there's all kinds of shades and in, in there, but it, it tend to either have people who like you've made it this far in life. You're, you're probably pretty knowledgeable in some aspect of life and, you know, consider yourself an expert or You reach the stage and it's like, I'm done learning. You know, I'm old. I can't learn anymore. This is it. I've peaked. I'm just going to go be in the lazy boy and get through my day. I've heard very, very few people at this stage of life describe themselves as a beginner. And yet it strikes me. And one of the themes that keeps coming out of this show is that midlife is really a time for reinvention, not not a continuation, not just extending on until you retire or die, but a chance to step back and reinvent. The guests that we have on this show tend to fall into two categories and that is simply you know people who have a particular expertise or people who just seem to have midlife figured out or are working hard on it and both groups we can learn from and there's a lot of overlap i've discovered i thought they'd be distinct groups but really they they overlap pretty heavily you you know jay Coons, one of the first guests we had on he is definitely kind of just broadly living life well Whereas Bill Cortwright, he's living life well, but he has definite expertise around stress mastery. So anyway, I, you know, as we got to talking, I see you definitely in more, more kind of the Jay Coons group of just doing a great job, living midlife and developing that expertise. So anyway, a long way of getting to why I'm excited to talking to you today, John, and how does that beginner mindset play out in your life? So, yeah, I, I think, I think the main, the, so
1: I I look at, I look at, Change as as an, certainly inevitable, but also as necessary and a good thing, right? And when we get to this this point in our lives, and in in regardless of what your life has looked like f- until this midlife area, where whatever you just de- you know sort of de- describe or delineate midlife as from a number standpoint doesn't really matter, because it's, it's more of a mindset anyway, but whatever your life was before this part of our lives has specific benefits for most people. Right. And I consider that for myself, for sure. This part of our lives has specific benefits. And so, you know, this beginner mindset is about embracing, okay, how, how do I take this part of my life? Um, and be, you know, with this beginner mindset and move, move forward in the areas that I, that I care about. Like one of the benefits that we have, you know, I mean, I, I, I have, uh, I have a family, right? I, I have, I have a, a wife, have three kids. Now my, 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 of my, of my three children, two of them are now young adults and, and, and out on their own. And I have a, another one who's, uh, 16 and, and, and in high school, but you know, he's, he's almost on that way out. And so what are the benefits? From a from a beginning, not necessarily maybe beginning again, but from a beginning standpoint, like what are the benefits that this next stage of our of my wife and I's life has for us? And that means both together and also as individuals. Like, you know, we talk about this. My wife and I talk about this all the time. Well, what, what are the things she wants to do? What are the things I want to do, and what are the things we want to do together? Right. And this embracing of the beginner mindset um just allows us, myself, and allows us to sort of be optimistic about, about things. Right. And, and even, like I said before, even if you've, you know, I mean, when you get to your fifties, right, you've lived and you've lived through a bunch of things that maybe were great. And you lived through a bunch of things that maybe were not so great. You know, I mean, I've, some of your guests I've really appreciated because they've talked about some of the, the difficulties and the transitions and how this part of our life allows us to with maybe some distance, some time distance on some of those things, look back and find the kernels of gold in those in those areas. And it's not that it's not a struggle. It is a struggle. It can still be a struggle. But again, with the beginner mindset, right? And, and I look at all of this through the lens of this concept of focusing on what I can control. The epiphany for me, this epiphany of, of sort of change and being an agent of change, and mindset as the as the as the genesis of change. It started for me the first time I got put on a layoff list. I mean, I worked in big corporate America for a long time, um, and you know, when I was thirty five ish, or I can't remember exactly, but around thirty five, the first time I got stuck on a layoff list, right? And that like was a wake up moment for me. And then over the next ten years after that, it happened again. I mean, I didn't get laid off that first time, but like I have been laid off several times, right? I work in the tech industry. That goes with the territory. And I think for, for most of us, I don't know, Brock, have you, ever, have you ever had this experience yourself? Have you ever been I, laid I, off or, or like I, essentially asked to leave or forced out
0: of a position you were in? Definitely. I, I suspect it's hard to get to this point in life without that happening at least once.
1: <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, one of the things that that I help people understand. You know, I help people sort of get past the worry and the overwhelm and and this 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 fear, right? Like if you've gotten to this point, if you work, have you worked in the corporate scenario? If you've been an employee for for a big part of your career and, and that's you know, there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with that and it's a great thing. It's 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 my story for sure. You know, but there's this fear. If you haven't been laid off yet, like you're going to be. <laughs> if you've gotten to this point and so it's coming and so we we need to You know, I help people sort of help understand and embrace this. Okay, how am I going to, you know, manage myself and through this? And how can I, how can I come out the other side being better than I was, you know, going into it? Right.
0: I always like to to think about identity and career is a big part of people's identity, certainly some people more than others. But when you run into something like a layoff, and I know this is just one example, we could apply this to any example in, in life. Tell me a little bit about kind of separating out who you are from what you can control. And I'm not sure if that question makes sense, but it's just easy to get stuck on. I did all the right things. This is who I am. And now if I'm laid off, who am I really? And how does that aspect of control help that?
1: Yeah, it's such a first of all, it's such really great insight, right? Because sometimes you do do all the right things, right? I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick a quick story about the the circumstances to that led to that first time that I got you know put on the layoff list. I, I was working in in the semiconductor in the tech world in the semiconductor company, and we were working with this was two thousand four, and we were working with the big gorilla. In the tech industry, Apple, right? And this was, and we were, we were building the next generation engine, you know, CPU for their iPods, right? I was, that was my, that's what I was working on. And uh, you know, I mean, this was the time in our culture when, if TV, this was the dancing silhouette commercials on TV. It was the time when if you went to the gym on a Monday, you'd see a few people with white headphones. If you went to the gym again on Friday, you'd see twice as many people with white headphones. And then again, next next week and the next week. And so this was the point where the iPod was just going stout. It was going, you know, to the universe, right? And so here we are, we're working with Apple as to, to, to give them the next generation of this thing. And we're kind of a small team inside of our big company. And, Sure enough, I mean, things are going great. I mean, this is like, I mean, this is a no-brainer home run from a business standpoint, home run. And, you know, I get called in an office and say, yeah, we're canceling the project, right? And the epiphany for me was, oh my gosh, doesn't matter how good I am at my job, how good of a person I am, how, you know, how good the business – can be or is going to be or looks i have no control in this situation i have no control over whether i'm going to continue to be employed or like i just don't have any control right and so that was the genesis for me like that one single singular moment and it and that particular thing led me into get, being interested in looking for other other ways to make income you know real estate investing and some a bunch of things i've done over the over the course of the years but it was really this mindset shift and oh my gosh at this point in my life, I've got to figure out how I can go get some control over these things, right? And as I've said, it's it's happened since it's happened to me several times since then. But now, my mindset around it is totally different. I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. I understand because it's not me, right? When you met, when you mentioned, well, I've done all the, I've done all, everything right. I've, you know, I've did this, I did that, you know, supposedly by I did everything by the book. And why is, is why did this happen? Or why is it not happening for me? Yeah. So you can do everything right. And you still don't have any control. So what I, what I have done for myself personally, and what I help people understand is I, is I differentiate between the world and my world or your world. If you know, we're talking together. Right? So the world, is all the stuff outside of my sphere of influence in my world. Your world is all the things inside your sphere of influence, right? So for example, yourself, you know, your personal self, obviously that's inside your world, your circle of people, right? Family, friends, community, however, whatever that looks like to you, that's your inside your sphere of influence. And then, of course, your work is inside your sphere of influence. And when I say work, it's not just your profession, although obviously your profession is a big part of it, but it's also the other things you do in your life, whether it's running a book club, volunteering at the church, coaching kids, I mean, just the other things that you try to do to make a positive impact or stay engaged in the world. And so when we, when we turn our focus into those three areas, that's when sort of the light comes on and that's when you start to you know the unnecessary worry starts to melt away and listen isn't this pandemic this whole last year and a half isn't it like the the biggest experiment in in sort of collective you know fear and anxiousness and you know and so forth i mean Hasn't, haven't we collectively been, because we can't control, we can't control what the government's going to do. We can't, in terms of regulations, you know, we can't really control to, to 100% degree our exposure to, you know, the coronavirus. And you know, there's so many things that we can't control, but what can we control? Well, we control how how we act on a daily basis. We can control our attitude about these things. We can control... You know, if within the guidelines, how we, you know, how we conduct ourselves, we can control, you know, what we do within our circle of people, we can control our mindset, we can control our belief, you know, how we handle fear, all these things. So, you know, that's what, that's what's interesting to me. And I try and help people, you know, understand. So,
0: you know, just from personal observation and I'll throw personal experience in there as well. It seems like so often we do the opposite. We, you know, we, we, we ignore, we miss everything that maybe we could control or influence and spend all of our time focusing on fretting, railing against the things that we have zero control over. And I think that's more observation than question, but I certainly see people getting stuck there fretting more about, you know, you mentioned government regulation yeah i'm probably not going to have any direct immediate control over that is that just cuz that's easier to dwell on it removes responsibility from ourselves it our own con, our own sphere of influence doesn't seem like that big of a thing like i don't know from, from your observation why do we tend to get stuck there
1: i think i think people not everybody of course but i think you know as a generalization we I'm not a psychologist. I'm not an academic uh, in that area in any way. You know, this is just my own personal observation. It's my own personal experience. You know, none of this, none of the things that I say are, you know, prescriptive or 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 diagnostic in any academic sense. Right. But just from an observation standpoint, I see that, you know, people, this this concept of embracing victimhood is something that resonates with people. Right? And I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I've done it myself, of course. you know i'm not I'm not uh, saying that it's not something that I do. I mean, I, I certainly have done it. It just seems easy, right? Like it seems I think it seems easy f- to say it's not my fault, right? It seems easy to say that, you know, okay, let's just take coronavirus, for example. You can't necessarily control your, exper- your exposure to the coronavirus, even if you followed all the rules. But you can't control your own health, right? You can't control how healthy, physically, emotionally, spiritually healthy of a life you live, right? But instead, and and by the way, I think part, sometimes the system, whatever you want to define as the system, sort of feeds into this, and this is why this this is part of the world, right? The system feeds this to us like we're continually fed the line of the system is a problem or the system is the answer right and we're going to you know you you are just maybe a pawn in the game and we're going to tell you what you need to know and we're going to take care of you when you need to be taken care of and we're going to you know, basically sort of lead you along. And, and I think, you know, the magic comes, the magic comes from understanding that, okay, that's the world trying to sell me whatever it's trying to sell me. What I need to understand is, okay, well, what is my sphere of influence? What is my world? And how do I, how do I maximize that area? Right?
0: Well, the victimhood uh, certainly, well, it's, it's easier. Right. Like, cause then I don't have to do anything. It's, you know, so- someone else doing something. It, uh, you know, the nice thing is it, well, it absolves me of all responsibility. Of course, the downside is that nothing ever changes, never yeah, improves.
1: Responsibility thing's a big one. You
0: know. yeah, let's say more about that.
1: Yeah. I think, I think responsibility, and I, I wrote about this not too long ago about the concept of being on the hook, right. It, which is really just a euphemism for, you know, responsible, taking responsibility, and a lot of people are, they're just afraid of taking responsibility. But here's why. Because when you take responsibility, you expose yourself to emotional danger, right? And, you know, even as an engineer, right, I'm very aware of the power of emotional danger because it's driven a big part of my life, this, this, trying to protect myself from emotional danger and taking responsibility is putting yourself on the hook and exposing yourself to emotional danger and when if something if you put yourself on the hook you're responsible let's just say let's just take something benign like just say something at work all right i'm the guy i'm going to i'm going to go do it uh, like i'm i'm going to do it personally i've got my team but yes i signed up and i'm going to go do it well there's possibility that you don't right? Or even if you get it done, there's a possibility that it still goes sideways on you. And guess what? It may be yours, your fault. It may not be your fault, but you may have to take the fall. And so I think we, when it comes to responsibility, we collectively, a lot of people just sort of start to, you know, pull away from that because is it, isn't it it easier? Isn't it easier to A, take credit for things that other people did, you know, which is a both an executive and a political sort of uh, approach to, to leadership. Or isn't it, isn't it easier to say it's not my fault? It's somebody else's fault. Right. But the change happens when we put ourselves on the hook. We put ourselves, we sign up, we sign up for the responsibility. Right. And, and, and focusing on what you can control is a hundred percent is signing up and taking responsibility for the things.
0: Right. So w- when you started doing that, cause you mentioned, you know, kind of at 35 ish yeah. that this kind of lesson coming home for you, what changes did you see once you started focusing on your, your sphere of control and the responsibilities that go with that?
1: Sure. Well, I, I gotta be honest with you. The, the number one thing for me personally that melted away was worry. Right. I mean, I found myself anxious at this time of my life. I mean, I was anxious about everything. Um, ninety eight percent of which I had no control over, right, but i was just I was just anxious, you know trouble sleeping and and you know worried about this and that and the other thing, and you know my family was obviously a young family at the time, and and all those things go were going through my head, not just not just from a professional standpoint, I'm talking about holistically across my life, I was just worried about all these things right, and so the number one thing. When I, when I found this concept, by the way, this, I I talked about that epiphany, this road to Damascus moment, but that's not, you know, this was a, a a journey of 10 years, right? It really wasn't until my mid forties where I really sort of understood all of, you know, these things that were, you know, had been brewing in, in, inside me, but that was the main thing. And then, but the con, but once this worry started to, to back away or to start to melt away, then I found, oh my gosh, now I'm starting to have more success right? For example, both professionally and just in life, right? Started to have more success. started to be happier. I started to look forward to, instead of worrying about what was in the past, I started to look forward and be happy about and optimistic about the things that were coming forward. And this is important. Not that I thought everything was going to be okay, but more so that I was equipped to manage and handle what was about, what was coming, Right um it, you know it's it's led directly to some of the most important opportunities I've had in my life certainly from a professional standpoint but also some things in my personal life and so and this is what I like to help people try and understand so
0: you know you t- you touched on something there that the the I think there's this myth out there in the world that when we're doing everything right we don't have any problems and Yet, so so, someone I've learned a lot from a name, a Dr. Gerald Bell. He does a lot around leadership, and he has this concept that he calls a hundred problems a day. And it's just the idea that all of us have a hundred problems a day to deal with. Like, and you know, I think it's an arbitrary number. I don't think he did a scientific study on that. Sometimes the problems are like, hey, what am I going to eat for breakfast? They're really easy problems. Sometimes the problems are much, much tougher. Like, hey. Should I end this relationship, quit the company, whatever? You know, most problems are somewhere in between. I said, but the people who are really good at dealing with problems are the ones who are not surprised that they have problems, you know, because there are some people who every day are absolutely shocked at the amount of traffic they experience on the way to work. Every single day, they're surprised by it.
1: That's so true, isn't it?
0: (laughs) And, uh, you know, we come up with a lot of examples there, but, you know, the ones who can deal with it, who will take responsibility, will take action for it, are the ones who are able to say, you know what, there's a lot of traffic at this time of day in the morning. You know, what, what can I do about it? I can't control the traffic. I could control when I leave for work. I could just control my mindset about traffic, Uh, you know, lots of stuff I could do. So anyway, I I like the idea that, or I appreciate that your, your life, your problems didn't go away once you took focused on control, once you focused on personal responsibility, but how you deal with it, the idea that you, you came you knew you could handle it. You were better equipped to deal with it. There was this optimism, not that problems don't exist, but yeah, when they come up, we'll deal with them. Yeah. You know, it,
1: it's intre- like, so that, that's a great, that's a great nugget. And I'll give you, and, and I'll, I'll give you some actual concrete little, little, tests that you that people can use because these are tests that I that I've done on, on myself right so there's a there's a, a virtual mentor of mine his his name's J- James Altucher I'm sure m- many of your audience would, would know who he is he's certainly a, a big guy in the podcast world but he's written some good books too and you know and he talks about this rule he calls the 10,000 experiments rule and it's really just about doing these little experiments you're like that's how you progress forward is like is not just by thinking about things, but by doing things, right, and and these little experiments. So here's, so when it comes to you know this this concept of being able to deal with the the problems that come your way, because they're they're coming, right? You're going to get laid off. You're going to have an existential crisis of faith. Someone in your family is going to get sick. Your kids are going to be angry with you. I mean, these things are coming. If it's not, you can't avoid these things. They're coming, and if you're not ready, then you're you're. you're I mean, how are you gonna How are you going to perform, right? And so here's some, here's, these are some things that I personally did to get outside of my own comfort zone to help, you know, just prepare me. These are simple little things, right? And there's no risk, no real risk in the world. The only risk is sort of this emotional, you know, sort of danger, right? So here's a few things. Here's some like what I would call beginner exercises, right? Take a cold shower. Instead of taking a hot shower, take a cold shower. Skip a meal, be hungry for a little while. Right now, I'm an introvert, so some of these things are, you know, tough for me, but wouldn't be tough for for extroverted people. So, I, I would get into an elevator and say hi to somebody. Right? I mean, that may sound ridiculous to an extrovert, why that would be getting out of your comfort zone, but for me, that was like traumatic. Right? Here's another one: overdress or underdress for an event. Like, in other words, dress in a way that somebody would comment on your appearance. Right? Because now, when you think about it, those are beginner exercises. There's no risk, right? None of those things pose any real risk to you as a person. But it's just a little it's just it's to start training your mind to get to operate outside the comfort zone, right? You know, a couple other ones. If you're from a from a from a health or from a I don't know, activity standpoint, sign up for something. Is it a Spartan race? Is it a triathlon? Is it a five k? If you know if running has never been your thing, is it a half marathon? I know you were training for you know half marathon. Sign up, pay the money, put it on a calendar, right? Because guess what? Most likely that's going to motivate you to to go do it, right? Hey, if you if you don't like if you don't like to speak in front of people. Find some place to go speak in front of people, <laughs> right? Isn't that, it, like, I think public speaking is one of the most, you know, widely held activities that, you know, that people hate, right? Isn't that, it's one of the most, yeah, whatever. But it's just, so do it, right? Say yes to some weird opportunity that, that you know, that comes along your way that most of the time you'd be like, no, nah, I'm not doing that, Right. Say yes to it. See what it is. You know, somebody invites you to, you know, an event or, or a group that you wouldn't normally be a part of. Yeah, say yes. Go do it. Get outside your comfort zone, right? These are the things that train you. These little experiments train you. And I think at this point of our, in our life, I think we can look back in this midlife. We can say, yeah, oh wow, I've had those moments. What did I do with them? So
0: anyway. So I love experiments and I, I love it because a, as a uh, semi-reformed perfectionist, I, I tend to.
1: That's a, that's a great moniker for sure.
0: Yeah. I, I tend to get stuck in like, oh, this decision is for the rest of my life. But the more I can get it to, you know what? I'm just going to experiment. It is so powerfully freeing on There's no obligation for anything to come out of it. I don't have to do it perfectly. I don't have to spend decades studying it. I can just go try something. But I have to get in that mindset. And and I know some people don't have issues with that. But for me, it helps to get in that mindset. And as you were talking, giving some examples, I was thinking, you know, you could actually just explain to people that that it's an experiment. Like in the elevator. Hi, I'm doing an experiment. How's your day going? And... (laughs) That's that's amazing. First of all, I never thought about it that way, but that is an
1: amazing way. Like you literally just explain it to him. Say, yeah. hey, "This is it. This is a, I'm doing an
0: experiment." Yeah. Yeah. Like, "Wow, I see you're really inappropriately dressed." Yeah, it's an experiment. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's it,
1: it that's a great way to do it. And and actually, I think that's that's really helpful because it's a way it's a way to embrace it yourself without you know, without really feeling terrible about it. (laughs) Right. You know, listen, I'm terrible at small talk. Right. So so trying to, whether it's at a a cocktail party or a networking group or, or in an elevator, like I'm just, it's just not my thing. Right. I'm just not very good at it. But if I would to explain to somebody, Hey, I'm trying to experiment. Let's, you know, hi, how, how's your day? (laughs) You know, it's, oh, it takes all the pressure off. I love it, man. That's a great, great suggestion.
0: It it really does. I, I think, I think it would free it up from that kind of identity level of here's who I am. They're going to be judging oh. me. And yeah, identity
1: is so wrapped up in this for sure.
0: So yeah, I, I really like that. And, and also the say yes to weird opportunity. It's, you know they don't come up that often, and when they do, I don't know. If you're approaching it as an experiment, like yeah, let's try it, let's see where this goes, it it, it is very freeing, and sometimes really good stuff comes out of that. And sometimes you learn that you never want that to happen again. I get that, but
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it, it's true. I mean I, I i I did some thinking, wrote an article a while back on this concept of you know what you say yes to and what you say no to, and and what I've learned is that. There's a science to saying yes, and, but, there's an, but it's an art to saying no. And, and here's why. Because you know, saying yes is about, is about expanding your opportunities. You have to say yes to things. If you never say yes to anything, then you will never have any opportunities. And the more you say yes to, at least initially, the more those opportunities compound. And so you know to get outside your comfort zone and start saying yes. Because for some people, outside of the comfort zone is saying yes to things. And for some people saying, getting outside the comfort zone would be saying no, because some people are like, they have to say yes to everything because they would just feel bad if someone would ask them about something, you know, ask them to do something or be involved in something and they would just feel bad for saying no, right? But the science of saying yes is about opportunities. It's about numbers. It's about quantity. It's about finding the right thing, which is, you know, basically numbers, right? But no, saying no to something is an art because that's that's where the emotion comes in because at some point it may be difficult to say no because of what I just You know, you don't you, we don't want to let somebody down I don't want to let somebody down. You ask me to do something It must mean because you think I can do it and help you and I'd love to be helpful, right? So, you know, that's part of it, but sometimes, you know, it's easy to say no because That's where you are in your comfort zone so there's this emotional component that makes saying no an art. But the reality is, here's so this is how I decide for myself what to say yes to and what to say no to. And you can take, and believe me, I've been through Google. I've been all, through all the self-help you know, articles and all that stuff. And there's I think there's like 65 billion of them. And I'm sure I've read all of them. <laughs> but you can take all of that self-help advice and throw it away and just ask yourself one question when it comes to saying yes or no to a given thing. Which is harder for me in this particular moment? when i look inside my head i say oh is am i do i find myself resisting the urge to say yes or do i find myself resisting the urge to say no and probably if you do what you're res- trying to resist that's probably the right answer in the moment.
0: Interesting. Say, say more about that. So if you do it, you're trying to read. So you're saying, Hey, if it's harder for me to say yes, I should probably say yes.
1: Exactly. Because right. And here's why, because, and again, this is, this is what I've experimented with in my own life, right? Is my comfort zone is a stone cold sage for what I should be doing for what literally what I like, All I can do, all I have to do is look at my, where, like where my comfort zone is. And if there is something that takes me outside of that comfort zone, that's what I should go do. Right. Okay. And part of this journey of focusing on what I can control has been this revelation of using my comfort zone as a guide. Right. So, you know, if I, if someone, let's say, let's say someone asked me to do something. Right. And I'm having trouble saying no because of the person and the thing that they're maybe asking me to do, right? I almost have to say no. But I almost have to say no, because what I realized is I'm listening to my comfort zone there. My comfort zone is telling me to say yes, because I don't want to disappoint the person, or I want to be useful in this situation. But my, my actual self is telling me, yeah, 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 yeah. But you're st- but that's going to take away from you know whatever this other thing is and it's going to be distracting it's not it's not actually going to serve you or the other people so and listen i say it's a stone cold sage it's 100% true but it's not necessarily 100% right <laughs> you know <laughs> we do got got to give ourselves the rope sometimes to you know hang ourselves
0: I I appreciate that that it's more of a directional than a hundred percent right answer kind of thing. And there there are always factors that, that will determine it. And as we were talking about earlier, you could still do everything right and it could still turn out wrong. Exactly. And
1: exactly, you
0: know, and then we take what we learn from it, I guess. Sure. Sure. You know,
1: but there's so much you can do right now in this part of your life, right? In this part of our life, you know, you can take control of your health. Right. You can take, you can take control of your self-talk, your belief in yourself. By the way, self-talk was a big thing for me. What I realized is the soundtrack playing in my head for most of my life was detrimental, was, was you can't. And, and guess what? If you tell your, if, if you, if your subconscious hears something a million times, it's going to believe it. And the only person on this planet that can tell you, tell your subconscious something a million times is you. Right. You know, so, so focusing on your self-talk, focusing on things like, you know, it being intentionally or, or practicing intentional gratitude. What is, here's another one. You outcomes, results and outcomes are typically not actually under your control. Just the level of activity you put into it. Right. You know, for example, let's say sales is, is what you're, what's what you're trying to do. Right. You're trying to make, make sales. Okay. So one way to measure your sales is how many sales have I made? Or how many people have said yes? How many people have said no? But guess what? If you're trying to make a sale, whether it's something you've created or something, or you're trying to sell something else, that doesn't matter, you know, you can't control whether the other person says yes or no. You can't control it. You can be better at the skills of selling. You can be better at helping that person understand the benefits of what it is that you're trying to sell. But ultimately, it comes down to their decision. I mean, yes, you can be persuasive, all those things. But see, that's what you can control. You can control your skill development. You can control your getting better at the skills of sales, but you can't fundamentally control whether someone says yes or no, right? Um, you know, so that's that's the concept of figuring out, okay, what's inside my world and what's inside what's outside, you know, what's in the world versus what's inside my world, right?
0: So as we talk about all this, John, and start wrapping up here, but one of the things I want to make sure I ask you about is: so when we think about this, I'm always curious. What are you working on right now? Like, what are you trying to get better at? What What are you kind of pushing your boundaries of control and comfort zone with right now?
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, honestly, okay. So there's a there's a simple answer to that. I'm trying to become a better writer. I'm actually working on working on a project. I I have my I have my my blog and the, the, you know, it meanders a bit from a topic standpoint, but that's really just me trying to get better at writing. And I do it publicly to try and help people understand that, Hey, wow. Yeah. That article sucked. Right. Two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Oh my gosh, that was brutal. (laughs) But, but, oh, and, now you know it's getting better but the point is, is so that's my 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 project is i'm trying to become a better writer and i'm trying to you know specifically help people in this area of focusing on what they can control right that that is the project i'm working on now in order to do that's the pro, that's sort of the professional project or the 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 work project i'm i'm working on but all of the things that we've been talking about are the things that i work on and lead into that you know into that that topic i work on controlling my time my finances, my circle, my health, my my daily routine, my self-talk. You know, when when you had Jay Jay on and and you know, I really resonated with his and you know, I'm like raising my hand. He talks about his daily routine and you know, how I'm not nearly as I'm not nearly as uh, I would say focused on the tracking and 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 all of that like like he is, but you know, having a routine, having Things that you do that are that you know are helpful works both from an accountability standpoint and from you know gets you going in the right direction, right? And so you know those are the things I do, and and I, I I you know I work on my my professional de- development on a daily basis. I you know I'm 51. I work in the tech industry. A lot of people who are 50 in, in the tech industry would be like, oh my gosh, I I'm I'm too old. I I can't you know I can't get a job or whatever it is, and I feel like no i'm i'm right in there i'd be an asset to any you know to any any startup company right so those anyway those are the things that i that i work on okay it's funny i i mean i i've worked i've been working on personal development personal investment you know what whichever of those terms you like the best since that sort of early you know and, and from my mid 30s it's kind of been a been a Part of my life for sure, and 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 I do it in in all different ways, right? I mean, I I I read, I I, I participate in things, I I create, I talk with people, I experiment in my own life, I I I observe. I, I'm really interested when I talk to other people. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I start asking them some questions that maybe they're a little i mean some of them are sort of nondescript and others are a little bit you know maybe a little more probe probeful <laughs> well like i said i mean earlier in this conversation i asked you if if you had ever been laid off right and maybe maybe not something that you you, you want to discuss you know i asked you because i'm interested I, I i'm interested in you know what was your experience right and i think that's that's a key i think that's a key to to all of us in, in our collective you know, however, however we connect to the whole of our community, of our universe, of our, yeah, um, you know, however you see that, I think, I think that's a big piece for sure.
0: So, a- as you work on improving your writing, John, uh, where can people, I mean, you mentioned your blog, but where can people find that?
1: Yeah. So, so the, my, my writing is, is on my, I have a website. It's called com. It's j o h n m a c online dot com, John Mac online and it's just a blog now. It'll be transforming over time as I as I move more towards you know basically some concepts around that right, and and other other ways to reach out and and help people you know master this part of of their life. So and then you can follow like from a social media standpoint, you know Instagram is kind of. It's kind of my, my main thing. So you can find me on Instagram. It's the same handle as, as the website. It's just at John Mac online. Would love, would love to see you there. I mean, my, my Instagram thing is mostly, uh, I like to do a couple things. So I exercise every day, various things. I, 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 I like to call myself a triathlete, but now I have, I have shoulder issues in the sense that maybe I won't ever be able to swim again. That's unfortunate. And so, again, a problem right i'm dealing with it <laughs> yeah i could still run and cycle so i've been running and cycling for a long time um, so i sort of document my adventures there i also like you know perspective is a big thing for me so i i usually take some photos of when i'm out running out and about and and you know photos of everyday things that you know from a different perspective anyway so instagram's my place you can find me there john mac online I would love to connect with you and you know see how things are going with, with all you guys. So.
0: Awesome. Well, well, John, thank you for being on today. Really, really appreciate it. Love the insights, love the approach, love the conversation around, you know, what you can control because it, it's a great reminder and it's so easy to miss. I mean, it is just one of those things. that's so easy to get caught up in everything we can't control instead of just being able to say, yes, this is an issue. What can I control? How am I going to approach this? what, <laughs> what, what is my uh, input in the situation going to be? So anyway, thank you very much, John. This has been awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Brock. And listen, you're doing a great job. This is a great service for people in our, in our, in this part of our lives. And so, and I wish you all the best and, and, uh, you know, keep going, man.
0: Appreciate it.